Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit for 40 days in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing in those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it shall all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will give his angels charge of you, to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I think the children here will have to forgive me in advance for saying that kids do the craziest things sometimes. And um, I did this crazy thing when I was a very small girl. I was very small. I was under five, but I have a terrible memory, so I can't remember how old I was exactly. When I was that age, we lived um, on this cul-de-sac in, uh, in western Pennsylvania. And that cul-de-sac meant that I had lots of little friends around from all the other different houses. And I remember we would play hide-and-seek. We would play all these really fun games. We, were, we would even ride our bikes in the middle of the street because it was a cul-de-sac, so we could. Um, and one, my best friend at the time, her name was Bez Wally, and she lived in the house just a little ways down the cul-de-sac. She was exactly my age. For some reason, that day, we decided that we would play some kind of, I don't, I don't even know what kind of game we were playing. And um, we ended up, um, she really wanted to start climbing the telephone pole in front of my house. Uh, I don't think I would have ever done that kind of thing because it just doesn't suit, you know, I, I'm not that adventurous when it comes to heights or um, tarred wood or um, things like that. She was just really like, we're going to climb this telephone pole. And I, of course, wanted her to like me. And so, I, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to climb this telephone pole. Uh-huh, 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 okay. I really wanted her to like me. Uh, and so I did. I climbed the telephone pole, and I think I probably climbed it and then also slid back down it because I came out with these splinters all over, not just splinters, but tarry, big splinters. So I remember the post effects of this um, succumbing to temptation, which was that my mother had to spend, you know, these long, painful moments pulling these big, um, big splinters out of my hand. 
So I remembered that, and I think about that, and I think, well, why was I doing that? Why did I even do that? I wanted her to like me. I was tempted to do something really stupid because I just wanted her to like me. I wanted to have a friend. And um, I think we see um, each one of us has different temptations of different kinds. You know, there are temptations that of the flesh. There are temptations, though, that are more um, that go deeper. That go to our very egos. And I think that was a temptation of the ego, right? To prove myself. I wanted to prove myself that I could do it, and that she could still like me, and we'll we'll, we'll be friends. We'll be really good friends. Um, well, today in our gospel lesson, we see Jesus. Um, having just been baptized by, um, by, in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. And right as he was baptized, remember that um, God said, the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. And God said, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And from that moment, um, Jesus is then, after that moment, led by that same Holy Spirit into the desert where he is tested. Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness, and he is hungry at the end of those 40 days. He's been tempted all along, but now there's this very tangible temptation. Satan comes to him, and Luke gives us a window into these temptations. Luke gives us three examples of these temptations. Um, The devil challenges Jesus by testing out a few lies on him. Because temptation is never just about the temptation to do something. The temptation lies in, um, in the temptation to disbelieve the truth. There's a connection between disbelief and disobedience. And Jesus here is tempted to believe three different lies that are presented to him by the devil. The first lie, that Jesus is not God. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Use your divine power to fill your physical, material, human need. Show us, show me that you're really the son of God. It's implicit within that temptation. If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. The second lie and the second temptation. He... um, takes him in a moment of time, how interesting, to see all the nations of the world. And he says, I could have them, you would have authority over all these nations of the world and all of their glory if, and remember the big if, is if Jesus would fall down and worship the devil. Good luck, I think. But but, um, the temptation here for Jesus is to believe the lie um, that he needs to suffer and die before coming into his kingdom. Because the truth of it is that all of the nations indeed do belong to Jesus. That Jesus is Lord. He does have authority over all the nations. That's the truth that we as Christians hold to. We know that. We believe that. Even though we see that all is still not right in the world. Not yet. When Jesus comes back, it will be so clear that he is the king. And that all and then all nations will bow to his authority. And Revelation even talks about this, that the new Jerusalem in Revelation 21 descends and all of the kings bring their glory into the new Jerusalem. And Jesus there is enthroned in the new Jerusalem, that heavenly city that's come down to earth. 
So indeed, Jesus, um, even though right now he is not revealed to the whole world as being the one who is the authority, the king over every nation, here Satan is tempting him by saying, bring that future into the present right now, and you can do that if you would just bow down and worship me. Um, He is uh, tempting him with that lie. You don't really need to suffer and die. You can reach the end of the story now without going through the rest of your life as God had planned. The third lie and the third temptation. The third lie um, is that Jesus is not really loved by God. That he should prove and show how much God the Father loves him. That God the Father would even send his angels to protect him and preserve him so that his foot wouldn't strike and strike a stone so that he would be preserved even if he were to throw himself off the temple mount. That is the lie that um, God doesn't love his own son. Jesus knows this is not true, thank goodness. Um, this was said, um, just said to Jesus at his baptism, remember? You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. And here the devil's trying to get him to disbelieve the words that God had just said. Well, Jesus so clearly passes every test. He is tempted, but he does not sin. And Luke is showing us in this passage, this really happens, this temptation of Jesus in the desert. But Luke is showing us through it, that's okay. Luke is showing us that Jesus is, in fact, a new Israel. Do you remember the significance? What do you think is the significance of that 40, that number 40, those 40 days? Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days. Well, remember, the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 days. And there in the wilderness, um, they um, were tempted to disbelieve in God's sovereignty or his ability or his care for them. They were consumed, in fact, by this temptation. And they utterly failed. They failed because they hungered after bread. They couldn't live in that truth that man does not live by bread alone, like Jesus says. They hungered for um, testing God. They tried to test God. Um, and they also, um, they also showed that... Um, I'm going to find it. What's the middle one? You've got to help me. This is the time when you and the congregation have to say, Lord, help her. Help her find that middle one. (laughs) The middle temptation. To you I will give all this authority and their glory. For it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. Remember that's what Satan says. He says, if you bow down and worship me. Do you remember? Did the Israelites fall into that temptation to worship other idols in the desert? All right, they did. Thank you. See, you helped me. You nodded. You helped me. They did. They fell into that temptation. Remember the golden calf. So they hungered for... um, They had a hunger for bread. They didn't see that God was enough. They fell into idolatry. And then they also put the Lord to the test. And that's finally what the Lord says, that they will not enter the the rest of the promised land because they put the Lord to the test and they didn't believe in him. They disbelieved in God. They didn't believe in his past salvation, the way he had brought them out of Egypt, out of slavery, and the way that he had protected them and provided for them in the middle of the desert. So the Israelites in the desert utterly failed. They were consumed by temptation. But Jesus is shown to be the new Israel, the true Israel, 
the one who's truly um, the fulfillment of all of the hopes, the real one, the one who has obeyed God perfectly and obeyed his law perfectly without sin. Well, we too, like the Israelites, would have failed if we were tested in the wilderness. We are no more or less sinful than they are. They could not learn to live by just bread. They worshipped other gods. They put the Lord to the test. We too are tempted to believe in lies, aren't we? That lie is, well, if I just had this one more thing, that would make me happy. If I was just promoted at work, if I could just find a job, if I was just made the chairman of the board, or if he or she would just notice me, or if my daughter made the honor roll, or the homecoming court, or fill in the blank. There are all of those ors, and there are a dot, dot, dot in between each one, an ellipses, because the temptation that each one of us is plagued by is so specific to us. Just like those three temptations um, that Jesus was tempted with, they were so specific to him. They were completely about his identity as the Son of God. There is something that plagues each one of us, or many things. And they're not just about material things. They are, like as for me as the little girl, about proving ourselves in some way. So what do we do when we are tempted, when we find ourselves in the wilderness without hope, plagued by a temptation, plagued by something that we just can't get rid of? Well, what do we do? Except here we see Jesus giving us one example Um, He shows when he is in this desert place and he's tempted, what does he do? But he brings forth scripture. Do you remember that each one of these temptations, he brings forth a truth from scripture that reminds him of the truth um, that um, effectively um, shuts down that temptation, just says, oh, no, no, that's not true. That's a lie. No, not going to be bothered by it. No, that's a lie. Well, the balm and the salve for us when we find ourselves tempted to disobey is just like Jesus, to remember the truth about God shown to us through Scripture. And um, the most important truth, of course, is to remember that Jesus died for us and that that is enough. Nothing else is... uh, We need nothing else to justify ourselves. We need nothing else to prove ourselves to God, to anyone else, because God looks at us, and when he looks at us, he sees his righteous son, that one who was tempted and yet was without sin. God looks at us and sees Jesus Christ, and he sees him in his death, too. He sees because of his death, God looks at us and sees us and loves us and welcomes us into his presence. And then he sends his Holy Spirit powerfully to assist us. So when we do fall, yet we know that we do also, um, as Hebrews says, we have a high priest who is not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. He does sympathize with our weakness. But he was in every respect tempted as we are, yet is without sin, And because he has died, because he is sinless and holy, 
And then he died for us. We have confidence to draw near to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And so we say like the words of that song, yes, that song that I chose, by thy mercy, good Lord, deliver us. Knowing that he has delivered us from sin and death and that he is mighty to save in the moments of temptation. Thanks be to God. Amen.